You're listening to the Old Langford History Podcast. I'm your host, Sue Harper. In episode two, we are going to look at the flying firemen and the forgotten fatal crash on Skirt Mountain. Have you heard of it? Well, in 1967, the tragic event of the flying firemen rocked the people of Langford and Vancouver Island. First-hand eyewitness and newspaper accounts described the crash of the PBY-5A Kanzo water bomber, which occurred while fighting a blazing, out-of-control forest fire that threatened Goldstream, Skirt Mountain, and residents on a hot summer's day in July. Today, some 55 years later, many have no idea about this horrific event on Skirt Mountain. It's faded from history. But it's time to resurrect this part of Langford's past so that others may know the story of the heroic flying firemen, Alex Davidson and Robert Patty Moore, and the ultimate price they paid. Before I get into the events of that tragic day, I would like to acknowledge the families of Alex Davidson and Robert Moore. Although time has gone by, the loss and void left by their deaths still must be felt. On behalf of myself and listeners of this podcast, our deepest condolences to the families of Alex and Robert. On July 14, 1967, the local weatherman had blessed sunbathers and tourists with a weekend of hot, dry weather. The wildfire hazard rating was listed at high. Campfires had been banned on Vancouver Island as a rash of careless campers and smokers, combined with tinder dry conditions, was worrying the BC Forest Service. Over the previous two days, half of the forest fires had been caused by human carelessness. There were appeals for extreme caution. The stage had been set. By the end of the weekend, there would be 178 fires burning in the Vancouver district, with 280 active fires burning in all of BC, 89 of which had been sparked over a mere 48 hours. On Sunday, July 16th, at about 4.30 p.m., the flying firemen owned by Alex Davidson and stationed at the Victoria International Airport got an urgent call. A blaze had erupted on Skirt Mountain near Goldstream Park. The use of water bombers to fight forest fires was a relatively new practice in 1967. The huge well-known Martin Mars water bombers had been put out into service in BC by a consortium of logging companies in the late 1950s to protect the timberlands of Vancouver Island. The BC Forest Service did not have water bombers of their own, so when needed, would enlist the help of private companies to help fight forest fires. It was, and still is, an extremely dangerous job. Alex Davidson was a skilled pilot. Born in Edmonton, Alberta on July 21, 1923, during World War II, he was a test pilot and trainer on Spitfires and Hurricanes, two British single-seat fighter aircraft that were used by the Royal Air Force and other allied countries. After the war, Davidson moved to Victoria, where he continued his aviation love by training others on Harvard's 
a single-engine advanced trainer aircraft. It was the aircraft of choice to help potential new pilots with their basic flight training. Its performance, advanced cockpit layout, and agile handling made it an ideal stepping stone towards a pilot's more advanced training phases. Davidson also worked for Ferry Aviation as a test pilot. This was the same company that undertook the conversion of the Martin Mars flying boats to water-bearing firefighters. In 1965, Davidson started his own company, purchasing and converting two PBY-5A Canzos into water bombers based out of the Victoria Airport. During World War II, the Canzos were used in coastal patrols, convoy protection, and submarine hunting. The Canzo towered 18 feet 10 inches above the cement and had a 104-foot wingspan. Modifications included an internal 1,000-gallon water tank, which was filled through a ventral probe while smacking across a water body for 16 seconds. A two-pilot crew would release the 8,000-pound load from 100 feet via button on the aircraft's triple-spoke control wheel. Hydraulic pressure secured the rectangular drop doors in less than a second. In 1966, Davidson bought a third Canzo and recruited Robert Patty Moore, a fellow World War II ace and test pilot based in Nova Scotia, to join his company the following year. Moore had been in the province for 10 weeks and in Canada for 13 years. He was born in Northern Ireland, October 7, 1921, and at the time Davidson hired him, he'd been a pilot for 26 years. On Sunday, July 16th, at about 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon, Davidson got an urgent call from the BC Fire Service. An intense fire near the intersection of the Trans-Canada Highway and Goldstream had ignited at about 4 p.m. on Skirt Mountain. A brisk and unfavorable wind Tinder dry forest conditions, steep slope, and proximity to the Trans-Canada Highway was complicating the task of the 120 ground firefighters that had been called in. They needed support from water bombers as the out-of-control forest fire was spreading fast. At the Victoria Airport, Davidson and the others sprang into action. Thomas Swanson was the regular co-pilot for the Canzo No. 2. But by the time he removed the wheel locks, Alex Davidson, the captain, had boarded the aircraft. We'll take Patty one more time, Tom, Alex told him. Those were probably the last words anyone on the ground heard Alex say. I watched them as they warmed up the engines and took off, Swanson said as part of his statement at the inquest. Robert Moore, Patty to his friends, had been stationed in Prince George and had come to Victoria to train with Davidson before taking the captain's job on a new aircraft. With traffic at a standstill, crowds gathered to watch the Canzo and its fight against the fire. At approximately 6.30 p.m., when the Canzo was making another run, tragedy struck. Hundreds of eyes were trained in stunned horror as they watched events unfold. The Canzo, with Davidson and Moore at the controls, made a low pass at the fire on the slopes of Skirt Mountain then appeared to snag the right wing tip on the treetops. The plane immediately started to disintegrate and plunged into the heavily wooded area south of the blaze. The following 
are some eyewitness accounts of the horrific scene. Witness David Smith. I was a skinny 16 year old with a water tank on my back. This was my first fire and the first drop I had witnessed from a Canzo. As the plane roared overhead, I saw the wings strike a tree and the end of it tumbled through the air just like a sheet of plywood. The engines roared and I thought for a minute that somehow the crew was going to be okay. Then came the sickening crash and fireball. I told the ranger, the bomber crashed, the bomber crashed, but he didn't see it and said, nah, they always come in that low. I remember that every time I drive by. Witness Mr. Guttermson. I saw pieces coming off. He was veering to the right when he crashed. The plane would come over us and we'd follow it in the viewfinder until it dropped its load. I was watching and all of a sudden I saw the wing come up into the air and pieces flying off as he apparently hit the top of a tree. Then she bellied right down under the trees out of sight. He was flying so low with all that wind. An anonymous witness. I was driving up island with my family to go to the Malahat restaurant that day. I saw the entire accident and the massive fireball afterwards. My father pulled over just past the rocks before a gold stream and ran back to see if he could do anything. But of course, it was too late. The Kanzo had exploded on impact hurling bits of wreckage over a wide area and causing a second fire. Pilot Alex Davidson, 43, and co-pilot Robert Moore, 45, were killed instantly in the 6.50 p.m. crash. The bodies of Davidson and Moore were not recovered until the next day, Monday, when a team of volunteers brought them out along a trail leading to the Goldstream Garage at 2892 Trans-Canada Highway near the crash site. The fire itself was largely contained by Monday night and forestry officials had high praise for the volunteer firefighters, but the loss of Davidson and Moore was felt throughout the community. The tragedy and figuring out its cause was in the news for months afterwards. The funeral for Alex Davidson and Robert Moore took place on the following Thursday. It was decided that it would be a double service held at the Sands Chapel in Sydney, conducted by Canon F. Vaughan Birch. They both left behind wives, Marjorie Ida Lewis Davidson and Kathy McGovick Moore. Test pilots came as far away as from England and Africa for the service. The death certificates available through BC Archives both listed cause of death as died of serious traumatic injuries, fractures of bones, damage and torn vital organs, fourth degree burns as a result of the air crash. Their deaths were virtually instantaneous. An inquest was immediately opened to discover the cause of the crash. It ruled on September 13, 1967, that the aircraft hit a tree with the wing, causing the wing to come off and the plane to crash. The Department of Transportation 
also held an inquiry into the crash. It is here that some further details can be found. A certificate of airworthiness had been issued for the aircraft, and there was no evidence that any fault existed in the engines, airframe, or controls at the time of the accident. The pilot, Davidson, had a commercial pilot license and had accumulated a total of 10,300 hours flying experience, which included more than 500 hours in the Canso. The co-pilot, Moore, had accumulated a total of 3,600 hours flying experience, which included 53 hours in the Canso, all of which were flown during the 90 days prior to the accident. The accident was at 900 feet above sea level in mountainous and heavily treed terrain. The surface is rocky and trees rise to a height of 150 feet above the ground. Along the established flight path of the aircraft, the terrain slopes upward at an angle of approximately 20 degrees. On what proved to be the final run, the aircraft was flown over the fire, the water was dropped, and a turn to the right was initiated. During this turn, the left wing separated from the aircraft, which went struck the side of the mountain. The main wreckage came to a rest at an altitude of 265 feet higher than where the physical evidence indicated the aircraft had struck trees. Probable cause was listed as misjudgment of altitude. 55 years later, remnants of the wreckage have slowly disappeared through people taking parts even though tampering with an old plane wreck is prohibited by the province's Heritage Conservation Act, vegetation regrowing over the site, and encroachment of development. In 2009, the Skirt Mountain Crash Site was included in the BC Archaeology Branches Database of Protected Heritage Sites, but whether it has also been officially protected by the City of Langford is unknown. I have tried to contact them, but they have never responded. The site is difficult to find, with no paths or markers to the site, and it is unknown if it even still exists. There is no known effort to preserve the site, and no plaque recounting the event and deaths of Alex Davidson and Robert Patty Moore has been erected. Fighting fires with the use of water bombers has changed a lot from the days of Davidson and Moore. It must be remembered that in 1967, pilots flew literally by the seat of their pants, relying on their skills, training, and eyes. There was very little technology in the cockpit. Today, BC Wildfire Service now deploys fixed-wing planes or helicopters to assist with fighting forest fires. Their air tankers usually fly in groups of up to four aircraft with a combined capacity of up to 16,000 liters of fire retardant. They are led by bird dog planes that direct the air tankers to effective drop locations for their load. The wildfire service and the people of BC owe a great deal of respect and appreciation to those early and present day pilots. They risk their lives every time they jump into the cockpit, answering the call, just as Alex Davidson and Robert Moore of the Victoria Flying Firemen did on July 16th, 1967. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast and have learned a bit more about Langford and its history. I'm working hard to research and create the next episode. If you like, 
maybe increase my productivity by considering buying me a coffee so I can get a buzz on through a link you can find in the podcast description. In the meantime, stop by the website, and then if you enjoyed the podcast, also consider helping spread the word by sharing it with your friends, following the podcast on social media, or rating it on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for your support, and until next time, thanks for listening to the Old Langford History Podcast. <laughs>